Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Hey, Grateful Ones. Before we start, find yourself in a comfortable space and take three deep breaths. I know it's been tough for all of us, so let's take this time to feel whatever you're feeling as you take a deep breath in, take in love, kindness, joy, and gratitude. And as you exhale, let go of any pain, anger, regret, or discomfort you're feeling right now. Welcome to After 30 with Gara Erigel, a 30-something reminding you to take deep breaths and live with gratitude as we talk love, life, fear, relationships, career, sex, food, money, good books, and how life is so much different and oddly the same after 30. I post new episodes every Thursday. Follow at After 30 with Gara Erigel on Instagram and Facebook to stay updated. Everybody, welcome to another episode of After 30 with Gara Erigel. I hope you're all safe and well. So I'm really excited to have another amazing guest on the podcast today. We're going to be talking a lot about life and the contrast of emotions. And life is full of contrast. Happiness and sadness, hunger, fullness, waking and sleeping, sunrise and sunset, love and loss. It is the contrast between negative and positive that helps us experience the joys of love, connection, gratitude, excitement, and all other emotions we feel. But we don't like feeling anxious, angry, afraid, or sad. Most of us resist these feelings or even try to numb them out. But contrasting emotions are inevitable. What if you embraced contrast? What if you allowed yourself to go through all sorts of emotions, from joy to sorrow? What if you knew that the way to live a deeper, fuller, richer life is to live with love and loss fully and experience and see it in gratitude-colored glasses? Today, we talk about love and loss, the importance of learning to deal with contrasting emotions with stage four cancer thriver, life doula, Grief coach and end of life doula. Everybody, please welcome Charity Maromsar. Hi, Charity. Hello, hello. Magandang araw sa ating lahat. Magandang araw, Kara. Thank you for having me um, on your podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You look so bright and bubbly. I love this color oh, on you. <laughs> happy, ano ba? Happy Chinese New Year, no? Yes, happy yep, Chinese yep. New Year and a wonderful day to you and to all our listeners and viewers right now. Charity, I'm so happy to have you here on the show. Thank you for bringing so much light into this space and I'm excited to have this Thank conversation you. with you. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward also because this is my first time with you mm-hmm. and I've mm-hmm. heard so many great things. I worked with you for, I think, during Cancer Thrivers, but I think that was not enough conversation. So having mm-hmm. Me here with you talking about 
these hard conversations about contrasting emotions is really, really exciting for me as well. Mm-hmm. I love that because you mentioned we are about to have kind of like a, a hard conversation, so to speak, like something that not a lot of people are comfortable talking about, being so open about. So I just want to start by saying thank you for being that, I guess, for uh, for allowing space, right? Uh, for everybody to be able to accept the fact that, the, yes, they can talk about it. And actually, they have to talk about yes. it in order to yeah. live fuller lives. So yeah. even as we're about well into 2023, right? February now, we need to understand the truth that oh, we... Ambilis. <laughs> <laughs> but still, right? we collectively live with loss as a result of the pandemic. I want to yeah. start by asking you this question, Charity. How do we move forward? Like, do we just get over loss? How do we deal with it? Well, to me, awareness is a start of this, this journey that I have been holding space for people who have lost their loved ones, who have lost relationships like marriage and even relationships in the family. Everything starts with awareness of where you're at, really, and Having gone through pandemic myself, the question was, how do we move forward? And I think, mm-hmm. Kara, the very simple answer is we just step in and move forward. Pick up whatever pieces we have left and pick up the good. I always say this, pick up the good. Pick out whatever good that came out of whatever loss you went through. Now we're mm-hmm. talking about pandemic. It's been, what, almost three years? And I don't mm-hmm. think... All of us even grieve with that loss of normalcy that we experienced the past two years. I mean, loss of normalcy because our lives literally turned upside down, right? Yeah. Can't go out. Social connections were had to pivot and evolve in certain ways, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all these platforms to be able to connect socially through the digital platform has just really boomed during the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. how do we move forward? We just pick up whatever we have left and really show up one day at a time. That sounds so simple, the way you answered it. No, just pick up whatever good you got got from it and then um, just show up one day at a time. You know, we hear that a lot, especially when you... Break up with someone, or when they when there's loss, always just oh take yeah. it one day at a time. It sounds so simple, but actually it's really hard because that yes. means every day, like one day at a time. Okay, pero at the back end of it, diba, if you're going to get experience, one day at a time means I need to do the work every day. Yes. <laughs> it means I yes. need to keep reminding myself yes. every day that okay today I'm gonna fa- I'm gonna face today. I'm gonna be grateful. I'm going to get the good, not leave the bad, but go through the bad. You said that um, a lot of us weren't able to grieve. That's a a very big word (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, to say about it because there's TikTok and all these social media platforms that came about during the pandemic, especially during the lockdown. And you feel like on the surface, it's like, oh, everybody's being able to connect. Um, even if we're in uh, we're worlds apart, and yeah, now yeah. via TikTok and social media, we're still able to connect, even if we're not physically together. But it also put a barrier somehow, de ba, sa connection natin in our ability to grieve. Para siyang natabunan nung exactly. mm, look social media, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. 
I, I, I love what you said. I want to pick it up from, from there. You use the word natabunan. And that's really mm-hmm. our default a lot of times. We tinatabunan natin yung yung pagdadalamhate, yan, yung the, 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 the grieving part, lalo na sa pandemic. Natabunan mm-hmm. siya because we were all in survival mode, right? Yeah. And that's no different when one goes through loss, right? Especially, mm-hmm. say, for example, typically sa mag-asawa, if one goes on and, and passed on to the next life, the surviving spouse will have to be in a survival mode. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, 90% of the time, they, we all try to like sweep things under the rug. I don't want to deal with this pain. I will cry later because I right. need to be a mother, right? Or I need yeah. to be a father or I need to be the now the new head of the family that my parents passed on because a lot of people that we know, it's not been like, nakakagulat that both mom and dad or or father and mother passed away. We've heard mm-hmm. so many uh, of that. So when we are in also in the grieving stage, we also put on our survival mode, right? Yeah. So, you know, just keep sweeping those emotions under the rug. Right. And mm-hmm. and I guess that's what this hard conversation is all about. And I I love how you beautifully put your theme today. Living through sort of contradicting emotions. Like, can you really feel joyful when you're grieving? And mm-hmm. the short answer is yes. Grief and joy can coexist, right? It's really just how society has somehow molded all these things that now when you're grieving, you cannot laugh. No. Mm-hmm. When you're grieving and when you even experience loss, you still allow yourself. Give yourself permission to smile once in a while because that will take you through the tough times, right? So honor whatever emotion that comes in in your way every single day. And, and mm-hmm. really... What you said was very important. Is that a decision we have to do every day? Yes. That's a decision. That's a choice we make every mm. single day. To allow things or to numb ourselves. So, again, contrasting emotions, allowing and numbing ourselves to all these feelings. Mm-hmm. That's... Oof. There were a lot of um, daming faces nung, nung the way you explained it, diba? because we see that a lot. And that's why it's an, an, a never-ending cycle, I guess, in families who go through loss. Most times, none of them really are able to grieve or to go through it. Because, for example, diba, a family loses a father, the mother now has to, up oh, naka-armor na siya bigla. And the children sees that. They grow up with that. Diba? They see their mother. Uh, they pro- the mother probably thinks, oh, I can't. My children can't see me crying. They can't see me weak because I am the only one that's in Asandala So now the kids see that, right? Oh, my mom, yeah. number one, they can see it as, oh, my mom's not even grieving. What? Number two, oh, I have to be like that too. Exactly. When, diba? when there's grief, oh, I have to be strong. So, ulit, 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 ulit lang siya. And now we're raising <laughs> generations of people who have never dealt with or don't know how to deal with grief. And exactly. it leaves an imprint. 
Diba? In, in our loss and grief leaves an imprint in our soul and our body. It manifests in so many different ways, diba? physically, mentally. Now, what are the most, I'm curious, uh, because you are a coach, right? And this is what you talk about um, all the time. What are the most common, undetectable manifestations of grief and loss that you've experienced in your life or your coaches so far? I want to start by saying, there is truly an anatomy of grief. No, I mean, physically, because, and I don't want to go technical or medical on this, but our, our brain, which stores a lot of our memories, that is very active when you're grieving, right? And of course, your heart, your, your emotions. So these are the two areas where people normally take it for granted. And so what are the physical manifestations Uh I get my clients asking me, Char, can I talk to you? Uh, and this is what I refer to Kara as rescue calls. Now, beyond our sessions, they can text me and, and talk to me. And if I'm available immediately, I, I pick up the phone and call them. And what are these manifestations? I go, Char, I think I need to go to the ER. I said, what are you feeling? I think I'm having a heart attack. Literally, that's a term they use. I'm having this indescribable pain in my heart and I am so sure it's a heart attack right mm -hmm. and I will just tell them you have someone with you at home right mm -hmm. and you know I, I would have them okay have that someone hold your hand walk back and forth in whatever space you have and take some deep breathing and then after those deep breathing they'd start saying okay so it's easing up so what am I saying? The physical manifestations are shortness of breath. You feel like you can't breathe, right? You feel like sometimes you're in a panic room where everything is just caving in. What else? Unexplained diarrhea. I, I go to the bathroom yes. so often, right? And you think, yes. I ate something. That mm -hmm. is part of your grieving process. Mm -hmm. um, the ability to think totally yeah. immobilizes. Grief, a lot of times, totally immobilizes us. And so mm -hmm. when you just find yourself like staring at, like I have a client who called me and says, I've been staring at my air fryer for like 20 minutes. I don't mm -hmm. even know which buttons to push. We refer to that as parang brain fog. You right. Things you normally are able to do automatically, parang you're unable to do. Yeah. And of course, one of the strongest is not wanting. I mean, the whole body just feels it wants to just keeps on staying at that mode where you're just lying down. Mm -hmm. Those are manifestations of grief that we normally take for granted. Oof. That's so true, no? And it's not just, of course, my, uh, what's this? There's a spectrum, right? long, long, long spectrum than grief. It can be when you lose something, you feel like you've, um, you've lost your footing. Kumbaga, you move from one place to another. And it's harder, for example, I'm talking about myself here. <laughs> you move from one place to another. And, and, you know, you feel like you're just, yeah, immobilized. You can't move. You can't think. You can't. You, you can't do anything. And, and on the outside, people see you as, oh, yeah, no ba? 
but why are you tamad or like how how why are you not why are you just staying in you just moved here come on go explore ganyan but it's yonid while you were talking about it i was just oh my gosh that was that was grief i was grieving not because and yun pa nga eh, diba? you're not even giving yourself space to grieve or not That's even acknowledging true. it man that was grief pala i was grieving um for me what felt like a loss because i did lose my manila cara i felt yeah. like at least yeah. but i'd lost that side of me to me now it it seemed like a past life oh i'm not there anymore and i was grieving that there's that and there's yeah. also on the end of uh, the other or the opposite end of the spectrum which is life diba when you lose yeah. someone you love ibang klaseng grief din yon and on a, on a deeper scale. Now, I want to talk about, because I only heard about the term life doula from my mom when she was talking about you. And now I'm meeting a life doula for the first time ever. What is a life doula? And how is this different from being a grief coach? And what is an end-of-life doula? Also? Okay. First of all, I want to acknowledge what you just did. You, know? you basically defined and broadened the spectrum of grief. A lot of times, the grief that we know, the grief that we are all familiar with is the loss of a loved one. When in fact, we all grieve when there are major shifts in our lives, like you uprooting yourself yourself from, from Manila. Not that you don't like Mati. I've seen pictures of Mati and it's really beautiful, right? But... Mm-hmm. Hey, you lived in Manila for several years, right? So that move itself, that shift that you've decided, all of us go through that and we don't even know. Like leaving a job that you've been in for like 10 years, you have this sense of emptiness. That mm-hmm. is grief. So Kara, you've just really broadened the, the scope of grief. It's not just a loss of a loved one, it's any major shift in your life, like ending a relationship, now leaving as an empty nester. You basically are grieving for the role that you had as a mother, right? That's grief. So, so, so thank you for bringing that up. Now, doula, when I was, when I decided to leave corporate just like that, and I mean, it took me eight months to really think about do I want to give this up? Can I not do this and still do this? And the answer was no, right? So I was trying to find my space. And because I was already an executive coach, I thought that was my space. I thought I can use that tool to help cancer patients. But it's so different because a doula, and the original doula is a woman who nurtures a pregnant woman. From Mm -hmm. either the time she conceives up to the time she gives birth or even after, because we all know there is postpartum. So that is the origin of doula. So at the very base of it is a nurturer, someone who holds Mm -hmm. space for another person. So when I was thinking about what I need to do, um, I definitely know that my old life wasn't the life I, I, I have to, to face now, having survived stage four cancer. I said, there's something more in this space. So doula came in the space and I said, I want to narrow down my niche. I don't think I'm, I'm 
done with executive coaching. So what is it? So I said, where's the pain? The pain is when you're a cancer patient. The whole healthcare system is very disease-centric. So nobody really holds someone's hand and say, how are you really? Are you scared? What's going on in your mind? And the reason why I know that, because I went through that, right? I was already blessed to have a very compassionate oncologist. But people don't really know what is going on here and here, right? And the nights are worse, worse times, because it's when all the evil thoughts just come in. So that's when I said, I want to be a life doula. I want to be able to hold space first for cancer patients. So a life doula is a cancer coach. I've been doing this for almost seven years now and professionally the past four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized as a life doula, I just don't hold space for cancer patients because even the family, they yes. also need help. Like mm-hmm. just telling them, say, for example, I'm your, your lolly. Uh, was sick for a while, right? But I'm Mm -hmm. sure you and your mom wouldn't even want to step out of the house for a couple of hours just to take care of yourself. So that's part of what I do as a life doula. I remind people who are love givers, people who take care of their loved ones, you got to take care of yourself. You have to physically leave the house and just walk and breathe some air because it's unsustainable. So that mm-hmm. is part of what I do as a life doula or a cancer coach. I hold space for both the patient and the family, right? I want to answer that question um, immediately in terms of what is an end-of-life doula. Cara, mm-hmm. when, you are, uh, when you're diagnosed with cancer, there's a fork road. You can choose left or right. One will take you to a road where you will get healed. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's another side of that fork road where you will not get healed. So an end-of-life doula like me comes in, A, to be able to help prepare the patient accept that he or she's running out of time after all, it's not every day, Kara, that you are told, I'm really sorry, can't do anything about your cancer anymore. You've run out of treatment options. So we are now shifting you to palliative care. Mm-hmm. That's when an end-of-life doula comes in and explain the whole palliative care spectrum, right? And mm-hmm. Really, at the end of the day, if you want to be able to ask me, what's the very bottom of this when you're an end-of-life doula? I have two words for you. Hope and prepare. We want to make sure that the person, I don't want to call it patient, Mm -hmm. the person does not lose hope. And it doesn't mean that it's being overly optimistic. Mm -hmm. Just that being hopeful that things will be okay, whichever way it goes, that their families will be okay, that they will be okay. Mm -hmm. So an end-of-life doula holds space for both the patient and the families to prepare that when the time comes, everyone's ready. Because a lot of times, 
99% of the time, people do not want to talk about preparation for mm -hmm. when. And that's actually an uphill climb for me as an end-of-life doula. So I hope, I teach them hope, to keep on hoping, and I help them to prepare for when the time comes. But in all of this, you know, it's starting to shape differently for me, Kara. Mm -hmm. I really want to help people experience that end-of-life state in a happier more yeah. peaceful vibe. And it's not like I'm going to cling on to life. And, and even if I spend all my millions, I'm going to, you know, just keep on pumping medicine in my body. Mm -mm. But the other choice is, so you've got six months. How do you want to spend it with family members? And so this is where I kind of introduce um, a lot of different things like, okay, we spend seven days in people's wake. Why can't we spend everything that we do during the wake and do it when the person is alive? We do vigils, right? We go and spend a few hours here and there. In my end of life work, I try to front load that and talk to the family and say, okay, let's discuss his or her pain, uh, you know, picks during the night. During the day, do we want to schedule family members who want to sit with him or her? Does he have a list of friends you want to keep in touch with, whether virtually or physically face-to-face? -face? And I went to Japan in October and witnessed a beautiful end of life time where the grandchildren would take turns playing. The other one was playing violin. The other one was playing flute. And this was a couple of days before the patient passed away. I mean, why can't we somehow plan for our end of lives that way? So that's what I do as an end of life doula. Making that small shifts and really curating the space of someone who's about to die and making it such a beautiful, warm experience. Because a lot of times, when people are about to die, they die alone. And to me, that is, I think, one of the most painful things. When I lose someone and I ask, what time did this person pass away? What time did my client pass away? Oh, 11 p.m. Who was with her? Oh, ma'am, Walana. So she passed alone. Yes. And that's really one of my advocacies, Kara, to be able to somehow improve that end-of-life experience. And because that is such a monumental event, right? We cannot be in a state of doing when mm -hmm. someone is actively dying. We have to be in the state of being with that person, whether it's holding the hand of the person who's going to pass away. Mm -hmm. You know, singing, reading, um, doing things that you normally would do when he or she was still stronger, right? Just even being a quiet, assuring presence. Those are the things that I do as an end-of-life doula. I'm really preparing the family, 
even up to the extent of curating the physical space of the person who's about to die. Like put in a little bit more light, bring in some music, have the children come to the to the room. Don't shield the children from seeing this. Yeah. Right? And being surrounded by family, I think, is one of the most beautiful send-off that one would want to remember when they pass on. So that is my end-of-life doula work. And my grief coach is really holding space for people who have experienced loss, whether it's a loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, or someone who's going through anticipatory grief, like, you know, the marriage is not doing well, so it's almost dying, mm-hmm. hold space for me because I, I've decided to leave, but I'm already grieving. So mm-hmm. we call it anticipatory grief. You know? And the other kind of grief that I coach is what we call transition grief. What you went through, you transitioned from moving from Manila mm-hmm. Spent most of your life in Manila to a beautiful place called Mac, right? People who are leaving jobs, people who are about to retire, because they 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 lose that sense of who am I if I'm yeah. not the head of this department anymore? Who am I if I'm my, my kids have already left and are living their own lives? That's what I call the transitional grief, right? You're transitioning into a different role. Mm-hmm. So I also hold that space for, for, for people. So those are the, I would say, the three gifts I'd like to be able to be remembered, uh, remembered, you know, when my time comes, that I was able to do things that were not work. To me, this is life work. And this is probably, this is not, no, let, let me change that. I know that this is why I had to go through one year of straight pain and not the easy kind of cancer. I think this is the reason why God gave me another pass in life. So I can do something meaningful for him, not for me, but for him, my, my small contribution to the world. So those are the three services that I try to give the world with. That's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Charity, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, thank you so much for for sharing that. You you brought me through <laughs> a whirlwind of emotions. Sa isang sagot sa question na yon. My gosh, no, but no, really, thank you for doing what you do, and and I really really believe that. Hey there! If you haven't listened to our World Vision episode, How Financial Literacy Transforms and Empowers Women, this is your sign to go ahead and listen to it now because empowered girls. Empower girls. You went through it so that you could share um, the gift that you got from it or through it. Yeah. You, I, you, wow! You, you were diagnosed with stage four cancer, and I'm, I'm looking at you now, and and we are being given this gift of you of of sharing what it is that you went through, and and allowing people to understand what. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It is how it really is and how they can get through it better, right? And their families as well. I want to know how your... Well, obviously, this is, uh, you know, you doing this is already how it has changed you. Um, you've used... I can't think of a better word, but it's just, it's something I heard someone say and I've used for a while now. Your mess is your message. Yes. You've used it as, as your message now and, and, and your way to be able to help more people as well who are going through the same thing. How has your perspective changed about um, living, dying, and loving since cancer? Okay. Cancer is never a blessing to most people, but I'm speaking for myself. Mm-hmm. I had cancer when I was 49, halfway through life, you know, just about when I was going to be, I never was able to celebrate being a golden girl uh, turning 50 because I was probably so drugged up with chemo. Cancer to me was one of the best year of my life because of a couple of things. Number one, it has changed my relationship with the creator. The creator to me before this was, you know, someone I need to follow, someone I revered, someone I feared. And that's still all true now. But when I had cancer in 2016, my relationship with the creator changed. He became a father to me. Kara, while I was, uh, you know, this executive from one of the biggest conglomerate in the country, I hardly had any savings. And looking back, I probably spent about 15 million for my whole chemotherapy. And I didn't even have a drop of that in my bank account. And I never had any delays in my chemo. I was spending like half a million a week for chemo. I never had any delays. And I cannot even tell you now where all these things came from. So literally, I just felt I had a father who continuously provided for me, doing it through other people. And that led me to the second thing that changed in my life. I have learned to accept, to receive. Because I, my language of love is I'm a giver. Girl, when you're spending half a million a week and you don't know when the next wave of help will come. Mm-hmm. But help does come. It, I, I was never in a position to even worry about my next chemo. It'll just come. So now when I talk to God or to our creator, I talk to him like a father because he literally just, with this weight, literally scooped me and never allowed even my feet to touch the ground. That's how he cared for me. And that's the reason why I've 
also really swallowed that humble pie and say, okay, thank you for the help. But I think the biggest change is this. I was so scared of dying. But here I was in a three-by-three cubicle every single week facing death. And so I said, okay, if I'm not going to make it, how do I live my life differently? If I only have a year, how do I live my life differently? And just like that, Kara, all the things that were important to me, zip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things just fell and I just started living a more intentional life. So I got four hours of strong, good energy. What do I do with this? Do I work or do I run to St. Luke, sit by someone who's doing chemo alone, buy a food to a cancer patient who can hardly pay for his or her lab test? They say we have two lives. The second one starts when we realize that we don't have a lot of time. So I embraced my mortality. And because of that, my life has never been more intentional. Anything that will not serve the mission that I do, I don't do it. Because I don't know. I mean, I'm doing all this work, but when God says, oops, it's your time, mm-hmm. gotta go. So I need to constantly remind myself that life is lived intentionally. You don't just allow life to happen. So embracing dying for me was the first. And then I started living a more intentional life. And then I started loving differently. So these three things are probably the best outcome of my 2016 cancer journey. Being able to embrace that one day I will go. And because I have that in my line of sight and I don't know when it's going to happen, I need to live an intentional life. Something that my children can always say, you know, my mom lived this way. And not just my children, but the other people who are struggling with the same disease, right? You can still live a full life even if you have cancer. Cancer becomes a schedule (laughs) in your whole week. That was what my chemotherapy was to me. Everybody was like, yay, thank God it's Friday. I'm like, thank God I I can't afford my chemo on a Friday. Mm. And that has learned, that has has really taught me to love life Mm. and to every second of it like I used to keep nice stuff for special occasions I don't anymore something something if I buy something special I'll use it today because today is a special day (laughs) I (laughs) I bought it on one of my trips and I said when will I use it I'll use it today today is a special day so these are the these are the shifts that happened to me after I was given another lease in life being able to live a full life, knowing that my mortality is just around the bend and being to love fully. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Ha, ang laking bagay nung uh, learning to live life intentionally. I mean, I read it in books. <laughs> I hear, I, 
it, we hear it everywhere. People say it all the time now. It's all over social media. But hearing it from you, through you, and, and hearing about what you went through for you to be able to get to that and realize that and now live it. And not just live it, share it. Share it with people. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. Thank you, Charity. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nararamdaman ko yung ano ah, yung pagsikip nung dibdib na sinasabi mo kanina. But not in, not in a bad way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, like I said, you've as you were talking and and answering all these questions, you you bring me and and I'm sure our listeners through a lot of different emotions, right? And and that is it. It's it's there's we live with contrasting emotions every single day. Most of us just are not able to or don't want to look at it that way or even face it, but we numb it down. But why is it so important for us to learn to live with contrasting emotions like love and loss? I think the answer is that life is all about contrasting emotions. You said something beautiful, which I always use in also my testimonies. Our mess becomes our message. Those are two contrasting things. Our test becomes our testimonies. Again, contrasting things. We, it's important for us to be comfortable and to, to be able to look at these emotions and not judge that one is bad versus the other because all these so-called bad things, example, pain, People will always say pain is bad, but pain to me is my biggest teacher. I found my purpose in my pain. So why would I want to get rid of that? The common reaction we have is when we have pain, you want to shift that pain, take it away. But wait, what will happen if you just sit with that pain just for a little bit and ask yourself, What is this pain teaching me? Betrayal and loyalty. When someone betrays you, you feel like you want to stab that person immediately, right? Mm -hmm. But sit through that and just ask yourself, what is this betrayal teaching me, right? So all these contrasting emotions, after all, lead us to like better state when... People get rejected from jobs, relationships. They think it's a bad thing. But if you are just, we are just patient a little bit longer, then you get to realize that rejection is really a redirection. And then you say, oh my God, this is why I had to be rejected in this space and move to this. Now I think I'm in a better state. See all these contrasting emotions that we feel, or if we only just allow them Mm -hmm. in our space, honor them, acknowledge them, Mm -hmm. and just ask that question, what are you teaching me? What are you putting a spotlight on? Mm -hmm. Instead of you know, I want this to go away. Why is this happening to me? Go away. Yeah. So why me? <laughs> uh, why me? Why me? Right? So, but, but you see, there's nothing to be fixed when this contrasting emotion show. Mm-hmm. 
our tendency is to always fix, right? Like grief. Yeah. When you're the one grieving, you become everybody's happiness project. How can we make Kara happy? But wait. <laughs> Let the person go through that grief because it brings about a lot of valuable lessons. After all, the timing is never ours, right? Yeah. All we can do is really be patient and be present to whoever is going through all these contrasting emotions. And that's the same advice we give to ourselves. Mm -hmm. When you're going through contrasting emotions, you have to be present with it and be patient because definitely something good will come out of it. I love that. You also need to be kinder to yourself and, and be more compassionate. And I love how you were saying, Deba, there's always like, you stop for a moment and you think, okay, what what is the less? What am I learning here about myself here? Why is this? Ha oh, and it's not. I like to look at it that way too. I learned it from, um, you know, another podcast episode I had. Uh, things don't just happen to us; they happen for us. So they're happening because. Um, and also, there's I don't know, man. We're not the one saying toxic positivity here. You know, always look at the brighter side of things. That's exact. That's complete opposite of what Charity is saying. She's saying. Okay, you're going through this. This is happening for you. You're coming from a, a, a place of okay now. So this is this is here now. What do I do with it? How do I how do I go through it? Not get over it. Yes. I don't like that. I don't like the term. I'll get over it. No, you won't. <laughs> You'll get through it. Because yes. even as you were talking about, um, um, you know, we were talking about living and dying a while ago, and it, the, the the first experience I've ever had of of having of losing someone was my grandmother, my loli, and every every year on the sixteenth, nagkakadayari ako. <laughs> ano ba? May masama lang ba talaga ako kaya nakain ng January fifteen? Hindi ko alam, but I think it's a it's an imprint, you know, on my body, yeah. and I'm. And I've and and through the help of my mom also in therapy and you know reading and all these things I've um you know learned that it is something that my body goes through because I'm grieving still after what seven years it's been and you don't just get over it no. and that's not a bad thing it's a real thing it's a real thing that we need to yes. acknowledge right yes um and it's funny you said that because of course um, your mom went through the same <laughs> and the first thing I said was. That's still grief. And this is very important, what you just opened. Because grief never really stops. You know, th th that's why, Kara, in my, when I hold space for people, I do not focus on the stages of grief. Because there are no stages. You straddle back and forth. You think that, oh, I've accepted the loss. Mm -hmm. But two years into it, a song, a scent, a food, a place will trigger that grief and it sets you right back as if it happened yesterday. So all of these things, as you said, in life, there are no shortcuts, right? According to Father Jerry Orbos, because we are cancermates, um, I was diagnosed ahead of him. It was good because I was able to somehow also help him, he said, one of the things I learned, the only thing you can do is dadaanan mo yun. That's the, the Tagalog of what you said, right? Yes. Uh -huh. You 
have to go through it. It's not like you can jump over it and wake <laughs> yeah. up and you're already okay. There's yeah. no even circling around it. Because when you do, it'll still come back. A couple of years after, it'll still, as they say, bite you and oops. Because such is life. Until mm -hmm. we learn, this thing just keeps on coming back, right? A lot of people reach out to me when I put out the retreat, living, dying, and loving. And one of the, one of the questions I distinctly remember was, why is it still painful? It's been nine years mm -hmm. since I lost my mom. Yet every single time I go through major things in life, I feel her loss as if it happened yesterday. That is grief. We never move on. But how can you move on? I mean, you love your loli so much. Remember, grief is another term for love. Mm -hmm. You grieve, we grieve because we love. How can you move on? How would you even want to forget someone you love? So you don't move on. We move forward with them. Mm -hmm. And you can say, grabe naman, charity, grief doesn't end. It doesn't. Because the best metaphor I have for it is it's like an ocean. It ebbs and it flows right? And we never really get over it. We just get better at managing our grief, whatever phase FACE shows up five years down the road. I lost my dad. Um, probably I was into, I was going to cancer and I think it's been 10 years. But the most painful part of my body Every time it happens, I miss my dad. Like I, I lost him the day before I was diagnosed with cancer. So it never really ends. You move through it. You move forward with it. You go through it. So there's no shortcut. Walang cheat sheet. Yes. Thank you for explaining it so beautifully in that way. It is true. Right, and it's very important for us to remember that, and that is what we were saying um, at the beginning of the podcast, right? And what you said, you take it. How do you get over it? How do we get through yeah. it? You take it one day at a time, one day at a time. Again, reminding yourself, uh, doing the work, and accepting it because it doesn't go away. It's there, so you face it every single day, one day at a time. Yeah. Um, and. For, for uh, our listeners who, of course, want to learn more about this, um, uh, learn how to get through it, not over it. Uh, I know you're holding a weekend retreat in February yes. called yes. Living, Dying, Loving. Um, yes. Please tell us more about this. Who is this retreat for? Of course, invite our viewers and listeners to this uh, retreat as well, please. I will give you the floor. Let's <laughs> put this up. Okay. Thank you okay. so much. Yes. Uh, for the listeners, followers of, of Kara, uh, we will be having a retreat called Living, Dying, and Loving. Um, this is really a weekend retreat, and this will help us navigate, help people hold space for people who are interested to navigate through life with love and loss. We lost so many people during the pandemic. 
and we've never had the chance to grieve. This retreat is for you. If you are processing, if you are trying to re-enter into a life, A, without that relationship anymore, or B, with the most painful kind of loss, which is you're facing 2023 minus that special someone in your life. Or some of you who lost many loved ones in your life and you are still finding your balance, your bearing. Um, you're trying to find out if what you're feeling today is natural or do I need to already seek uh, a professional help? This space is for you. We would love to hold space for people who are willing to be vulnerable, be able to deal with their loss, but also who want to be able to live a full life amidst this loss, right? This space is for you. Um, it's an intimate one. We're not going to be 100 people only because we want to be able, the retreat to be very immersive. We want to be able to give you time, help you process everything that you're going through. At the same time, allow you some space so you can sit with yourself and be comfortable with all these hard topics of how do I move daily in life, making sure that the person I love, whom I've lost, is still with me? How do I navigate through life, still loving life, amidst this great loss that I am going through or I have gone through? So this is something that we have put together for those of you who can resonate who probably have just are listening to Kara's podcast. Um, this will be on Feb 25 to 26. I hope that by the time you're able to still uh, see this um, and avail of our early bird discount, we really tried our best to make sure that this is accessible for everyone. This is um, going to be in Anahao, farm and resort in Batangas, a beautiful place where, you know, you can really spend time with people and with yourself. It's very important um, that you're able to spend time with yourself and really just for these two days, really be able to just concentrate and deal with whatever you have put off for quite some time. Allow us to be able to somehow ease your burden by helping you navigate through this. Again, always from the lens of love and you know, embracing life amidst your loss. So February 25 to 26, Anahao Farm and Resort in Lipa, Batangas. Uh, this, this fee includes your retreat fee, your hotel accommodation, it's full board. We try the food, it's yummy. You will have your swag bag. You will have your digital journal and, of course, the aftercare. So you can find us, uh, well, if you go to my Facebook account, 
it's life doula that ph and on instagram it's the same life doula that ph so we will be posting more details um and in the next coming weeks we will be also sharing with you who will be the other resource people in this retreat so come join us we'd love to hold space for you it's a safe place if you want to speak you can speak if you want to share you can share if you want to just be with yourself then be with yourself that's how this program will pan out um it's a safe space for all right. Thank you so much. Again, living, dying, uh, loving. It's a weekend retreat on navigating life with love and loss, of course, uh, facilitated by charity. Um, it's going to be Feb 25 to 26 at Anahal yes. Farm and Resort Lipa, Batangas. Yes. Okay. All right. For our listeners, I will be posting this in uh, the caption and some links also to uh, charity socials. And also, if you wanna, if you wanna see all the details, uh, we're flashing it on screen right now. Please head over to facebook.com/cara.arigel uh, um, to see the details right now. Okay. Thank you so much, Charity. I'm so excited you, for that. So excited yes. for the people who will be joining there as well and who will be learning so much from you and going through this um, with you as well. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for, thank for, you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for your energy again. Thank you so much for being here and for doing what you do. It's, it's, it's so important <laughs> um, what so it is much. that you do. And the message is so, it's so, it's vital, kumbaga, diba, sa buhay yes. natin. Because um, we are all going, this, about death and taxes. It's going to happen. So the earlier actually that hindi lahat tayo dapat natututunan natin itong bagay na tinuturo mo um sinasabuhay natin to live life intentionally, diba? live life with intention and be able to see the beauty and the grace that is being given to us, the gift diba? of life as we're living yes. it. And I would like to uh, this is how I close the podcast usually with my guests and what better way to close it um this way with you. Um fear and and all these other anxiety and anger all these feelings that we don't like that we tend to numb out and we don't want to deal with about the other side of it the contrasting emotions now I want to end this on a uh, a grateful note because on the opposite end of that spectrum from lack is is gratitude us yes. being grateful for this moment and um I can feel so much gratitude coming out of you. Um, you are that energy. That is the energy I feel from you. Um, and it's a high yeah. vibration. So let's please close this podcast with um, you uh, shouting out to the universe and sharing with our listeners and viewers what it is that you're grateful for right now in this moment. can be one thing, 10 things, up to you. Okay. I, I'm really grateful for being able to go through what I went through so I can come up with this, the gifts that I said I would do until the day I die. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for, for chances. Um, I'm grateful for chances because not every day we are given that chance. I'm also grateful for change. I am a different person after cancer. I think everyone is never the same um, after cancer. And I'm grateful to take more chances with the people that will trust me to be with them in their journey. And lastly, I'm grateful for the people who you do not see, 
but have constantly been my anchor the past months, trying to find my space, trying to sharpen what I am going to offer and what I continuously offer. So I'm grateful for all those seeds, chances, changes, challenges. Um, those are the things I'm, I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for you. Uh, that at a very young age, you're still young. I'm older by 26, <laughs> 26 years. I'm grateful that at a young age, you're able to somehow get a good grasp of what it is that you want to contribute to this world. So I hope there will be more use. And I hope that my daughter, who's right beside me, <laughs> listening to us, will also be able to find that space. So grateful every day, grateful for even the people in my home that make sure that I can do this and that, that the domestic stuff is, is still being attended to as I hold space for other people. And most importantly, I'm grateful for my body right now uh, that I'm able to do this. Um, it's not the same also. I have more days when I'm in pain uh, because the medicines that I take to make sure cancer doesn't come back have side effects. But I'm grateful that I have constantly the energy to come up and show up one day at a time. So thank you, Farah. Thank you for this. Um, I love that you end your podcast with a grateful note. How else can we increase the vibe, right? Um, by being grateful despite what everyone else is going through. Even if you're going through difficult times, there's always, always something to be grateful for if you look hard enough. Thank you, Kara. Thank you so much. Again, thank you. Thank you so much for you. Thank you for this powerful, powerful thing that you do. Again, if you guys um, want to check out want to check out um, the workshop, the charity will be having in, uh, having in February. That's Living, Dying, Loving. Again, uh, head on to www.lifedoula.ph uh, as well as check her uh, socials for updates. That's Instagram at lifedoula.ph and facebook.com slash lifedoula.ph. Again, thank you so much. Charity, I look forward to having you back on the show again yeah. thank you a shout out to my mom to Thea to Soph over there thank you so much everybody have a wonderful day and see you again next time thank you so so much for your time and energy I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did now this is the part where you share the things people moments whatever it is that you're grateful for today I would love to hear from you. So please do get in touch with me on Instagram and Facebook at After 30 with Cara Erigel. I would love to see you tag me in your stories if you do post this. And please follow me on Spotify if you haven't yet. And also leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. That would really, really help the podcast. And of course me a lot. And I truly, truly appreciate you. I am so grateful for you. Don't forget, be grateful. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.